Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, as usual, I have Mark with me. How's it going, Mark? Hey, it's going good. Cool. So today is going to be an interesting topic because this is something that we're feeling more and more as we're talking to more and more people with Authority Hacker. And that is that people read a lot of online marketing blogs everywhere. Like, you know, Neil Patel writes a lot and like Search Engine Journal and all these blogs that talk about online marketing, which is what you kind of need to learn if you want to do well online. And the job of these blogs is to report new tactics, new technology available, because they are kind of a news-oriented business. And, and if they don't produce content all the time, well, they kind of die off. So they need to keep reporting on new things. And as a result, the people that are trying to learn online marketing get flooded with a lot, a lot of tactics that uh, they could use to optimize their business. And the thing that is missing in this industry is kind of a filter that says, okay, this is important, but you should not worry about that until you reach that point. Or, for example, site speed, and we'll talk about that in a second. And and because of that, people literally have no sense of priority and try to do everything at once and end up failing because they do that. And some of these tactics are good. They grow a business by 10 or 20%, which is nice if you you make a million a year, right? It's like you're, you're growing by 100 or 200K a year, implementing a tactic or two. That is amazing. But if you are a newbie making $200 a month, Growing by 10 or 20%, that's 20 to 40 bucks a month. Is that really worth like days of hassle and hundreds of dollars of software? I am not sure. So today we're going to talk about the main thing that people ask us, like how they should do that they probably shouldn't ask. And the things that you should worry about only when you make like at least a good four-figure amount, like over $5,000 per month of revenue. Otherwise, don't even think about them keep working on your basics. So Mark, I'll actually let you start with the first one, which is probably one of my favorites. So yeah, this is site speed. Now, get a lot of questions about this. People oh, ask, yeah. yeah, it's probably one of the most asked about things on the Authority Hacker Pro Facebook group actually is about to do with improving site loading times and, and all that jazz. And Back when we had the agency hire click as well, when we used to do digital marketing for clients, this was something which we actually looked at quite a lot as well. And you know, for a few of those clients who were running very, very large websites, it, it made a difference, a noticeable difference. But honestly, for the vast majority of them, it was just something nice to put on the report at the end of the month. It wasn't really moving. The, and I kind of feel that that ethos kind of applies across many of these different things which we're going to talk about today in the sense that it's something which looks good and it feels like you're making progress. You can measure it. And it's very measurable. Yeah, that's the thing. And you get this, I don't know, it's like something you work on for two or three days, you finish it and your site speed goes from two seconds to 1.3 seconds and you're like, yay, dopamine rush, right? But six months later, measure and how much money has that generated for you how much has it moved the needle and the thing with site speed is it's a ranking factor in google sure but so are so are a thousand or so other things and it's a trap it really is to start working on this when you're you have a very small site or when you're not making 
serious money. Like really, this is one of those things even more than like five figures a month before you yeah. start worrying about it. And I just want to caveat that by saying that, yes, of course, it takes like two or three seconds. Go use the Google site speed tool to measure your site speed. And or are there, Is there a better one these days? Yeah, yeah, Ping Dom is better. So basically, to exp- I'm going to talk a bit about site speed. That's no, not the goal, but <laughs> essentially the Google page speed tool like kind of like doesn't really look at how long the page takes to load. It looks at like the way it loads and the way the order of elements loading and how many, etc. Whereas the Pingdom tool is actually checking really how to, how long it takes to load. So for example, the Google tool will not take into account like it will take into account like server performance, but not nearly as much as the Pingdom tool. So it's actually better. Okay, so I think that just make sure it's not completely terrible. Yeah. And to be honest, if you're, you're average, using, good, you know? if you're using a, an average host, if you're using WordPress, if you're using any of the sort of basic, and if you're, unless you're doing something complicated, just an average loading time is absolutely fine. It's not going to change your business in any meaningful way if you spend two or three days improving it at this stage. Think about the sites with horrible page speed that make more money than you, you know? It's important, but it's just not that important. And the thing is, like, there's an incentive for these online marketing blogs to make it look more important than it is because, well, first of all, you can sell a boatload of tools and products through that. And second, it's like it's amazing case studies. Case studies with number, we see in on Authority Hacker, every time we put numbers out there, we get way more links, way more shares. You put some kind of odd number, some weird... I improved my site speed by 1.27 seconds, and this is what happened. Some kind of like BuzzFeedy type headline. You can do that with, with these kind of blog posts. So there's a big incentive for that. And I think the, the, the most known case study is the one from Kissmetrics. That's like, oh, every time you save one second on page load, you make 7% more revenue, right? But how much is 7% revenue for you? <laughs> and that is the question it was. And first of, and also it was based on, on their expensive software as a service tool. If you're selling Amazon products as an affiliate, I am not sure you make 7% more money. I'm pretty sure you make like 1% or 2% more money. And, you know, 1% more money, even if you make 10K, that's, to, that's like $100. And if you make $1,000, that's $10. Is that really worth your time or would it be better spent doing something else? And I think a lot of the things that we're talking about in this podcast, and I want to precise it, it's not that they're not important. It's that you have more important things to do and you could use your time better. Still improving your site is a good thing, but if you created content and promoted it, you would go way further than working on site speed at a low income. Yeah, I kind of also feel that it's it's one of these things where people find it a lot easier to maybe conceptualize a concept such as site speed because it's it's quite it's not simple in the sense it's quite a technical thing but yeah. it's it's simple in the sense that it's it's quite logical do these things site speed improves it's just like know, people get excited by tech as well you know it's like yeah. it's, it's way more exciting than sitting in front of a blank google doc and like yeah, i need to I, write I'm my just, next blog post. just trying to get across the point that like it's difficult if you're if you're sitting in front of you know like an empty WordPress install thinking what to put on your site, or even before that like what domain to buy and, and all that kind of stuff. Those are it's quite difficult to kind of get all these ideas and put it into a plan and execute on that plan. Yeah. 
And that's why we've done all of these things, by the way, on this list. <laughs> it's worth pointing out. It's quite easy to get distracted by these things, which are like, oh, well, this is just a much easier, like simpler thing. It's one thing I can focus on that. I can do that. I can achieve that. Whereas launching a site, there's maybe like a hundred different tasks you have to work on. And it's very intangible. It's, it's like you need to yeah. make your own structure rather than like there's no benchmark until like a year later, you know? Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. I would say like making your own structure for work is is something which a lot of people find difficult particularly if you're you're working on your own on something as well yeah i think but we talked about site speed being something which is quite sort of defined and and logical the next one we're talking about is branding which really isn't it's it's almost the opposite yeah it has the same kind of it's the same trap really in fact we should call this podcast it's a trap Uh, yeah Um, okay (laughs) so This is for the different kind of personality, right? So the people that are more like logical and like numbers and stuff, they'll probably like fall in the side speed trap. And the, the more creative people, the designer, the, the artists and stuff, they will fall into the branding trap. What they like, they're going to spend six months working on their WordPress theme, making sure the CSS is perfect, making sure like the, the colors are consistent everywhere, taking a month to get their logo done and so on. And still haven't put a single piece of content or even launch their site for the matter. It's like when I talk to people, because we have this welcome course on Authority Hacker Pro, so I talk to a lot of different people. I'm actually making some pretty funny cartoons of different kinds of people, but it's the designer kind of people. They, they tend to take, I would say, three to five times longer to launch their site than people that would just slap a theme and end up usually making less money, actually, because because they don't want to spoil their branding with advertising or with commercial stuff, etc. It's like when you put this kind of vested, this effort into this brand, then actually spoiling it with monetization is even harder later. And I think that a lot of people, especially if they're, if they're creating a sort of persona blog based on the, themselves, like we did with Authority Hacker, there's an extra incentive there uh, that makes people want to make the branding look the design look a little bit better than it really needs to be to to get it out <laughs> look there. Look at our homepage. <laughs> well, I mean, to be it's, fair, like that's that's how it was when we launched. And yeah, yeah. For launching a site, I don't think it needs to be that good. Like I, I you know, know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't really have to go quite big, and our homepage looks like crap essentially. We can, but but even even still, I mean, we could have done it. Oh, much even more less, basic yeah. to start with. Like it wasn't like that. The the little guy did not exist on day one. Yeah, uh, you don't need a logo, though. So just use use text, simple as, and you know, use use a WordPress theme for your design, and just don't overcomplicate things. Like, really, there's there's no need to to invest any money really in in branding on on day one. It's one of these things that's very easy to change as your site grows, and is not going to deliver you any kind of meaningful uplift in in traffic or anything yeah, like that usually by... usually i go on this site like burncolors.net and i just pick random colors uh, from like a popular brand so i know a designer worked a lot on it then i just tweak the css for like an hour and use the stock theme for the rest and that's it and actually that's what authority hacker still is today and uh, and the site's doing pretty well and actually house ambition too actually house ambition is exactly the same when on brand color, brand color, now the brand colors for house ambition we actually had a designer do that when we, we did it much later. But that is a site that makes five figures. So yeah, we actually edited that and 
did that in an hour and you should be doing the same. Don't waste your time on this. You're building a business unless, unless it's kind of like a fashion blog or something that is very artsy. I don't think it's worth it. Let's talk about the next one, actually. The next one is kind of a, it's kind of a weird one. It's like another type of personality as well is self-conscious people. It's what people think of you. So a lot of people, when they launch sites, they'd be afraid to recommend products or put advertising on it or do anything that makes the site looks less premium because, because of the vision we have of ourselves. You know, what we need to do for ourselves needs to be the best. And as a result, it's like we actually don't take all the opportunities. So even for health ambition at the beginning, we did not want to put advertising on it because we were like, no, no, it's not good. It's going to make the site look like crap. And it's true. It's supposed to design a little bit. It's like it would look better without. But the advertising alone pays for all the content completely outsourced. So is it worth it? Absolutely. And even if you get like, also one thing that we think about is like, even on Atari Hacker, we get one negative comment and I think about it during the whole day. And I forget about the hundreds of people that read the blog every day and like are leaving comments and sharing it and saying it's useful and amazing. Same for House Ambition. So yeah, I actually don't care about what people think of you. Like take feedback, but if there's a troll too, don't worry too much. And I think another good point within here is sort of don't try to be a perfectionist about it either. For example, if you're writing your first few blog posts or, or whatever, just get them out there. Like write them, check them over quickly, and then publish them. You don't have to sort of have special custom graphics for each one and do put all the bells and whistles kind of onto it, you know, on day one. Like it's, it's better to get something done than procrastinate, not do it, and then give up. But you know, only do it sort of 80%. And, you know, there's an argument to be said, like you want to make the best content possible and, and stuff like that. And, and that's true. But just don't do it to the extent that you're never going to actually get your site up and running. Because I've seen many people sort of try and start things. And it's one of the things they, they sort of get slip up on. Also, and your first content. Yeah, yeah, your first content, nobody's waiting for it. Like, yeah. it's probably going to be your least read blog post, you know? Yeah, and the other thing as well is like a schedule to begin with. Like, don't even think about, oh, I'll just release one a day. Like, no, you don't have any subscribers. You don't have any people that are going to be like hanging on the edge of their seat for your for your next one until, unless you're some epic like Wait But Why style blog. And people just aren't waiting in the same way. There's a lot of content out there that, pe that they want yeah. that they can consume whenever yours comes up. So. Yeah, that's what we do on Atari Hacker. We don't press ourselves on the content. We just take our time, do it properly. But at the same time, like we have some flop and we just don't care. We keep going. Oh, yeah. The, the next one is, is a big one as well. People, a lot of people try to process and automate stuff and outsource things from day one. When they've never had success online, when they've never did it, essentially. They've just read about it, but they haven't done it. And they're hiring people for positions that they and for jobs that they have never done themselves, but they're supposed to manage. That is a terrible idea and a huge money sink. The truth is, if you want to hire someone to do a job, you need to do it yourself first so you can teach them how to do it. And no matter how much you make in your day job, even if you make 100K or 200K a year, whatever, like million a year, in the end of the day, if you want to hire a writer, you probably should be writing first yourself, set the tone, figure stuff out and then hire people to replace you and jump onto the next 
role. And, and I see so many people saying, look, I want to start a site, but I want to do nothing. I just want to spend money and please give me a writer. And that's it. And I have yet to find someone be successful with this approach, actually. Yeah, it even sort of comes down to like what we we're saying before about the design and stuff. Like, if you have no technical skills, no design skills, no skills in that area at all, it doesn't matter. Like, figure out how to get a host, how to install WordPress, and how to install a theme, and how to tweak a few colors, and put your menu and your title in, and 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 that's it. If you can't do that, like by googling around, looking at YouTube videos of how that's done, then you shouldn't really not, not going to be successful yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah, just don't um, start a site. Yeah, even with more technical things, like a really good example I think of is accounting. Accounting and like tax, especially if you're dealing with multiple currencies, is super complicated. And there are lots and lots of accountants there out there that you can sort of hire to to do these things. But you kind of still have to end up knowing it all yourself, to an extent, anyway. Otherwise, you know, you really, you really can just get lost and you have different people in different countries telling you to do different things. So it just goes to show that when you're an entrepreneur, you really need to know your business inside out, all yeah. the different areas, what everyone is, is doing, and you need to be able to critique that. So one thing which we get asked a lot is by sort of non-native English speakers, like how can they produce content? If That's going to be a podcast, I not, think, on its own, but yeah. Yeah. But but one of the things like how do you manage content production in, in in that case? And it's real simple. You have two people do it, so and they can sort of act as a check and balance for each other. Yeah, you can also use tools. I mean, I use Grammarly all the time, for example. It's like my writing's still not perfect, but it helps a lot. And still, if your English is horrible, your chances of being successful at launching an English site are much lower, and you need to be aware of that. It's more difficult. Like you, you better have something really great to say so people go past your horrible French accent or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, we also get a lot of people on, actually on the sales chat who sort of ask about like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I want to join Authority Hacker Pro, but I haven't got my site up yet. I'm just trying to hire a writer. Where can I find one? Yeah. I'm like, dude, just write it yourself. Write the first. At least the first few, yeah. You want yeah. to set the tone. You want to be like, this is the level of quality we're expecting. Look at but, this and replicate and, that. And you need to like do that initial research of a niche in order to to at least understand sort of the overview and like the concepts within it enough. Otherwise, you're you're really just ordering people around to do something which you'll you have no idea that. about the the, the quality. And so it's it's super important to do that yourself, to understand these things. Even if it's like super boring and menial, you need to get that sort of knowledge to be able to, to, to manage things. Yeah, it's, it's outsourcing is one of these things where the process needs to be running already. And then you bring someone to keep it going rather than you bring someone in to build it. This does not happen, especially with freelancers. Like the truth is they are paid per piece or per hour. And as soon as they're done, they don't care. And outsourcing the caring is impossible. You need to first build that. You need to build that process, the editorial process, everything, before you bring your single first writer. And we can see, like, now we're hiring quite a few people. And we build the processes first, and then, then we bring people in. Like, we, we don't necessarily write ourselves, but, like, you were the editor for a while on Health Ambition, on the new content, and the editor was the writer. 
then you she replaced you as the editor and now there's all the writers etc and it's like and people like climb from the inside and that's what you need to build basically and that also is valid not just for people but for automations right like you might see me write about like crazy automations via email and stuff and so on and that works because we get hundreds of emails daily from our sites if you're getting five emails per day like your time is better spent somewhere else than building a crazy automation that will generate a little bit more money for you. So that also works with automations, right? Do it yourself, but most importantly, do it once you have enough leverage and you have a process going and you have enough leads in that case. And I think the next one goes together with it. It's A-B testing. Like I see so many people with like 20 visits per day trying to A-B test things. What people need to understand is A-B testing takes a lot of traffic. It takes thousands of visits to establish if a page is winning or not. So if your page is getting 20 visits per day, you're basically looking at a one-year A-B test. And even then, your test is false because things like seasonality are going to come in. You know, if Christmas comes in the middle of your test, then it's going to completely flow the stats. And that means your test is basically rubbish. So you need to be able to generate enough traffic in like maybe 30 days, 40 days, i.e. several thousand visits to a page in a couple of days to actually be able to decide what is the best page. So it's also, I think it takes a lot of extra time, not only in setting up technically, but creating the other versions or content yeah. or whatever that you're testing against. Essentially, it's just a distraction when you're starting out. Yeah, it's like you're better off just creating more content, more landing pages, more traffic to your site and do your basic boring content creation, promotion, link building, SEO than to be A-B testing until you have like a page that's really a big hit, you know? Once you have a page that's a big hit, yeah, do that. Then the next one is going to be interesting is paying yourself. I think a lot of people get stuck that way, right? They make, you know, they make a site that makes like $2,000 per month, which is already okay. But then they need to take all that money for themselves to survive because they just quit their job because they make $2,000. And then they can't reinvest a dime in the site or they can reinvest, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks a month. And the site basically stops growing and, and they're stuck at this income level of 2K. You need to look at your site, not like a job replacement, but like an investment. And initially, you don't even need to invest money. You can invest time if you're going to be preparing your content and so on. But it's like when you invest money into a saving account or whatever you do with interest rate, and then you take the interest rate every year, then, then your income is going to stay the same. But if you leave the interest in and reinvest them, basically, they actually compound to become really big eventually. And I see so many people, as soon as they reach enough money, to basically survive, not even have a great life, just survive, quit their job, take all the money and stagnate. And I've seen a few friends do that, actually. Yeah, and you end up getting stuck in this place where you, you have to sort of live very frugally to survive still, I mean, depending on where you're living. And you, you can't really live the sort of location-independent lifestyle that you, you had imagined staying in nice places and traveling to a different country every week because you can't afford it. And yet you still can't afford to invest enough in your business that you're going to grow quickly and, and grow massively. It's yeah, you need to a, invest the money, basically. It's, like it's another trap, really. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, oh, like that's it. I can pay for, like, you look at how much you spend per month, you look at how much you make, there's a little bit more for safety, and people quit their job. And then, then they have zero room for growth, whereas if they invested $2,000 per month in their site, 
within six months, it would be like a 4,000 site. And then, then that's when you quit your job. If you need 2,000 to live and 2,000 to, and you can reinvest 2,000, then you have enough to reinvest every month. But yeah, so many people take like 80, 90% of the revenue, spend it all on cost of living and then end up stuck a low four-figure income level and that yeah, is th- really risky. I think there's this kind of in the whole online marketing community a part of the reason I got into it was reading these blogs about people that travel everywhere and have this awesome work online lifestyle and that's true but those those same people they never really tell you about like the shitty times at the start when they were like really scraping by and working late at the weekend and yeah. Just trying to save money so that they could get there. Yeah, I mean, you, and, you know, you it's, sh- it's sucky. It, it's like, it's, it's not a glamorous thing to begin with, at least. And it's like starting any business. You put the time in, you put the the work in, and you kind of sacrifice a bit of your, your lifestyle and your, your life, really, when you're when you're young to be successful when you're older. But I think also it's just like, don't quit your job as soon as you can cover your expenses, like reinvest that money. Because these months are going to just like the return investment. If you if you have something that makes like two grand a month, then you just need to make it 10 times bigger to make 20. You have proven a business model at 2,000 a month, if it's a profit of 2,000. That's when you start spending money on outsourcing. That's when you reach this like 1K, 2K a month revenue that on a site that you've built yourself, built, put your own time in there. Then you like, instead of quitting right away, you'd say, okay, uh, let's take another six to 12 months and just walk on this site, but spend the money back into it. And, and you know, every month it gets back. So essentially you're the, you're the zero balance, but your site can quadruple, quintuple in size really quickly because you can hire people that write when you're at work, that upload your stuff, that maybe do some link building, basically scale up what you've done already. And then when you have maybe double or triple what you need to leave monthly, then you quit. And then you have, uh, you know, you take some money every month to survive, but you have money to play with as a business because it's horrible to be a business and have zero budget for anything. It's so many opportunities that you can't take. It's a bad, bad thing to do, actually. Yeah. And there's actually one other trap in, in here as well is like when you do get to the sort of four, five, six K a month level, uh, and you know, like even if you have money to, to invest in your business, it, it can be tempting to, increase your standard of living disproportionately yeah. to to what you're making so we, it's something we we've done with the, podcast, with the agency but, yeah yeah so like, when we had the agency i think we paid ourselves a bit too much at some point and uh and it just crippled the, the business you know yeah so so it's something we're very worried about now and let's just talk about the last trap because we're already at half an hour now i think it's it's the same one it's like running multiple sites or multiple business models so like that happens all the time. I get on calls with people who just turn a 30 hacker pro and they're like, oh, I have like seven sites. And I'm like, wow, okay, how much money do you make? And they're like, 200 bucks. And I'm like, really? Uh, it's like, and, and then I look at the sites and obviously since they have a job on the site because they can sustain themselves with their sites, their sites look horrible and, and they, they just don't look professional. So don't do that. The time of micro sites that look like shit with the default WordPress team are over and people know these sites and they don't trust them and nobody's going to link to you. It's going to be much harder to grow anything. So pick one and run one business model. That can be Amazon affiliates, that can be advertising, that can be affiliate marketing, email marketing, whatever you choose to do, do one thing on one site, scale it to the point where you make several thousand dollars per month 
and then look at multiple business models. Don't make more sites. Don't run more business models on the same site. And uh, yeah, I would also also add. I see a lot of people who you know they have an authority site, and then they have some sort of agency clients, and then they're getting into sort of e-commerce dropshipping. Yeah, and then you know, they have this software project on the side and multiple other things. We did like, that too. We, yeah, we did that, but it's a disaster. Yeah, waiting to happen. I mean, it, you can't physically manage all these things simultaneously. Unless you have a massive team to to back you up, and which you don't if you don't make money from any of these projects. Exactly. So the days of sort of like trying a bunch of different things and seeing what works, it's not really applicable anymore. Like back when you could put a very simple niche affiliate site with a few landing pages up on it, throw a bunch of you know gray hat links to it, and rank and make some money. You know, those days are gone now pretty much. So you need to focus on one site, one authority site and make that make that count. And I promise you you'll get there you'll get there faster if you do it like that. And when you just have one thing to worry about, it, your life is so much simpler, trust me. Yeah. We used to run like three four different businesses at the same time and it's just a nightmare really. Like you you sort of fighting fires all the time and trying to just keep everything going and you do terrible work actually, most importantly yeah. yeah it's it's just low quality work you end up doing it's, it's like that's it it's like it, there's a lot of crap on the internet if you try to compete with the crap it's difficult but if you're just focused on one thing and do it properly then it's actually not very difficult like nobody goes deep on the internet nobody does very deep stuff and I actually believe the internet is still brand open to like real content creation. There are a few really good YouTubers, a few really good bloggers, but honestly, I can count them on the like, fingers of two of my two hands. If you can do that, and, and I think Atari Hacker was a good case study. It's a really competitive market and the site is growing really well because we're like, putting more time, like a blog post can be up to 40 hours. Like the one I'm working on right now, yeah, it's going to be a 40-hour blog post, but, but I know it's going to work. And it's like I'm not even asking myself the question. So I know I can spend the time on it. If you want to be successful and if you want to be guaranteed to be successful, which everyone wants to be, it seems when I talk to people, everyone wants guaranteed results. That is the only way to do that, actually. Yeah, it's quite easy to get distracted as well. I see this happen a lot is that one of your friends or sort of someone you hear about online is making a lot of money apparently in a certain niche and then everyone in their sort of extended social circle then falls down in that niche as well and tries to, tries to do the same. Like, don't do that. First of all, you, you never really know how much money these people are making in the first place. And secondly just a distraction from what you're you're trying to do in the first place. Yeah, what well, you, you know? do can make money too. Yeah. It's not because yeah. they make money on something that you can't make money on your thing. And it's like, you know, actually the, in our social circle, like a lot of people do like review sites, right? They review products. And we do some of that, but it's not what most of our income comes from. And it's like, we were the only ones like playing with like webinars, email marketing, etc. And because everyone we know and the, the circle, like most people do these reviews and stuff, people were looking at us weirdly. But actually the truth is like revenues are, get, are evening out right now. And that's because we figured that thing out, even though the people we knew didn't do that. Yeah. And the secret is like, yes, okay, it's, it'll make a difference which niche you choose, but not that much of a difference that you should really like fret about it so much and change multiple times. 
It's like playing online games. I used to always, <laughs> always like get a, a certain class to level thirty or something, and then I'd like get bored and start another one. And like, I don't think I've ever played a game and got to max level. That's um, pretty bad. In EverQuest or WoW or anything like that, ever. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we call it re-rolling internally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't do that. Keep keep at the same things. Let's just take two minutes at the end to talk about the things instead of all these things we talk about: size, speed, branding, what people think of you, automate and outsourcing, A/B testing, paying yourself, and running multiple sites and multiple business models. Let's talk about what you should do. And honestly, it's simple, it's boring, but that works. You know, and it's like take your site. Find ways to grow targeted traffic, usually through content, social media, SEO, and a bit of paid traffic maybe, and make one business model work. As I said, pick affiliate, pick ads, or pick email marketing, whatever you choose, do that and run that until you make several thousand dollars per month. Do not touch anything else until you make this kind of money. Like This, this is a reroll if you do it before. And for the few people that actually start following you when you get started, engage with them, talk to them. These are your first fans that will be here forever and they will help you a lot. And also just make sure that your site adds some kind of value to the internet. It's not exactly the same site as the other people's Amazon review site, for example. Like I think Amazon review sites only are a terrible idea. You need some kind of like value content stuff that people can share and talk about, etc. Otherwise, it's going to be very complicated to make it in the long run. This is something I also see a little bit with Authority Hacker Pro members. By the way, shameless plug, Authority Hacker Pro is awesome. You should sign up. Is that we have all these different blueprints about how to do all these different things which help directly with getting targeted traffic or making your business model work by making more money, et cetera, et cetera. But I see a lot of people sort of starting one and then jumping to the other and then the other and then the other. It's the same principle applies. Just it doesn't really matter which one you do. Just pick this thing and do it and then finish it and then do the next one and then finish it. It's much better than sort of getting halfway through all of them. And That's what people do. Never it's getting like, to the end. I think once you reach the point where you just can finish what you started, you're way ahead of everyone. Like most people yep. just drop off before they actually, they make 20 bucks and then drop off. We did that with email marketing, for example, and we have a podcast coming about that. But it's like we would send a promo, make a, make a bunch of money, then never talk about it again. And it's like, why? Like I never do it again. And it's like so much money lost there because we were unable to follow up on something that actually worked out. And that is what you need to do. And all these things we talked about are the things you drop the important things for, essentially. And don't do that. Cool. Well, guys, thank you for joining the podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. And if you enjoy it, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.